I'm San Francisco Chronicle columnist Heather Knight, and you're listening to Fifth and Mission. Caltrain has lost 95% of its ridership during the COVID-19 pandemic. Tech workers who use it to get to their Silicon Valley jobs just aren't going there. Instead, they're working from home. The agency said it needs a sales tax measure to survive, but two San Francisco supervisors killed it. Transit reporter Rachel Swan lays out the strange scenario and what's next for Caltrain. Rachel Swan, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Heather. It's good to be here. Well, you have um, more stories of uh, public transit ruin. I think all of your stories these days begin with the words financial ruin. Um, Latest look is at Caltrain. Um, And the gist is that the Peninsula rail line might shut permanently, but the reason is really complicated. So I was wondering if you can lay out exactly what happened to spell disaster for Caltrain. Yeah. So Caltrain... When the pandemic hit, lost 95% of its riders, um, which is probably like the worst in the Bay Area. I don't know. The only other I could think of is ferries are pretty empty right now. Um, So it lost 95% of its riders. Is that because so few people are going to their Silicon Valley jobs? Yeah, one would one would think so. Yeah, because mm-hmm. that's basically who rides Caltrain, and they're all working from home. Um, I mean, it's it's a commuter service, and it depends on fares to cover seventy percent of its operating costs. So it's in bad shape. Um, but it it needed. Um, it, it actually was planning to do a one eighth cent sales tax measure before like even before this happened because it had like big ambitions um it's it already has this electrification project going and they they had this whole long-range vision they wanted to do which would you know increase service and this and that and the other um you know like all transit agencies it had really yeah, big had plans big dreams. had and big dreams big plans <laughs> yeah and then um and um, I guess the other thing, just to further complicate things, uh, Caltrain traditionally has survived by it, it has this like super like seven headed, eight headed monster form of governance where it runs through three counties. So it's controlled by three counties and four transit boards. And so like part of the way it survives is by hitting up San Francisco and Santa Clara for money every year. Which it uh-huh. actually, to its credit, Caltrain, I get the sense, does not want to do anymore. So that was also part of the sales tax measure. They're like, hey, we'll fund ourselves with a one-eighth cent sales tax, and then we won't be digging into your pockets every year. Uh-huh. So. And so, but the sales tax had to go on a variety of ballots, right? Because it, it crosses through so many different counties. Not only did it have to go on a variety of ballots, it needed all kinds of approvals. Like from literally everyone set like seven <laughs> wow. yeah like seven different totally parochial bodies needed to approve the thing and so this week the board of supervisors got in the way can you tell me exactly what happened there Ooh, i'll try um, <laughs> this is so complicated right so two supervisors shaman walton is on the caltrain board representing San, San Francisco, representing the San Francisco Board of Supervisors. Um, Aaron Peskin is a um, wheeler dealer slash transit enthusiast. Um, and the two of them have long had this gripe that um, 
Caltrain, basically that Caltrain is, is, is controlled too heavily by San Mateo County, um, which in fairness, I mean, this is a gripe that's shared by many Sanford, like Scott Weiner has also complained about governance issues. So this isn't just those Not two. Not out of the blue. But, mm-hmm. Yeah. But they've yeah. been like, they've been like venting their frustration about this for a while and threatening to hold various things hostage, the latest of which is this sales tax measure. So um, basically, they've said, hey, San Francisco needs a bigger seat at the table. Um, You know, stop taxing us. And we're not going to introduce your sales tax measure at our board meeting because we're mad. So (laughs) there you go. And so it's not going to go on the November ballot in San Francisco, which means it can't pass because all of these different entities had to say yes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. In fact, it's not going to go on the November ballot. My understanding is it's not going to go on the November ballot anywhere because in order to go on the November ballot period, it needed to be approved by all three counties and all their all their various transit boards and Caltrans board as well. So it was like wow. seven bodies had to approve it. So why did two supervisors get to derail, so to speak, the whole thing? Isn't it amazing, Heather? It's just like (laughs) local control is just the damnedest thing. (laughs) 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 Like two people can derail anything or move a mountain. Yeah. um, Yeah. That's just kind of, I mean, the way one person actually put it to me, who like a transit observer, David Bragdon, who sits in New York, he was kind of looking at the Bay Area from his perch 3,000 miles away, he was like, hey, this is an inherently unstable form of governance, you know? And, like, that was always the case, but it's really coming out in this time of stress when you have all these people guarding their little parochial interests, you know? (laughs) And they really, Caltrain has a gun to his head, really needs this sales tax, and they're like, oh, yeah, we'll show you, so... (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think COVID-19 is shining a light on everything in our society that doesn't work, which seems to be (laughs) the majority of it. Um, Yeah. So what happens now for Caltrain since they can't get this sales tax? Is there any chance that the supervisors would change their minds or is that a done deal? And if if it is a done deal, then what does Caltrain do from here? Well, I asked the supervisors that exact question today, especially after the um, spirited backlash they got on Twitter last night. Yeah, I was um, very angry. You know, yeah. Um, the answer I'm getting is no. Um, they're not going to change their mind. They're not going to change their minds. I- I'm sure that procedurally they could do something, you know, like they always manage to find some way to wind things back when it's really necessary. Um, but they've said no. I mean, on top of like being mad at Caltrain, they don't like sales taxes because they're regressive and they're philosophically against them and Caltrain is for rich tech people and blah, 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 blah. So they're digging in their heels. Um, Could other supervisors get it on the ballot? um, Well, the meeting, see, this is the thing. The meeting, um, the pretty much the deadline was yesterday because it has to go through committee, like, you know, all their procedural rules. Um, Yes. But, you know, Heather, like, I have a feeling, like, if if some other supervisor really wanted to swoop in, I'm sure there's some loophole they could, you know, figure out. Because yeah. I know, huh. like, 
I, in my conversations today with like the various counties, I know there's other supervisors who felt kind of blindsided. Um, so I guess, I guess I would say never say never, but like right now it's really looking like these two supervisors are doubling down on their decision. You know, the ballot measure, which kind of had a chance of barely passing, um, is looking doomed. Um, Caltrain is threatening to shut down. Is Caltrain bluffing? It's hard to say, you know? I mean, basically, they're, they're saying their options now are, like, shut down, severely cut service, or ask San Francisco and Santa Clara for more money. We'll be right back after a short break. You can support Fifth and Mission and the newsroom that creates it by signing up for unlimited Chronicle access at sfchronicle.com slash pod. I'm back with Rachel Swan, who's talking about what happens next for Caltrain. I mean, do we really need Caltrain if, at, at the moment if nobody's writing it anyway? I mean, since nobody's going to their computer jobs, what is, yeah. what is the point of Caltrain right now? That's, that is, that is a very good question, um, <laughs> as always, um, you know, so yes and no. I mean, right. Okay. So like most of Caltrain's writers are telecommuting right now. Um, so I guess one could argue that, Hey, right now, maybe, you know, those who need Caltrain could be served by like a bus or something, which is actually an argument mm-hmm. I've heard somebody make. Um, yeah, that's true. I mean, I guess the problem is like, A, we don't really know when the economy is going to reopen yeah. again. And it's almost like circular for Caltrain. Right. You know, it's, yeah, it's like they need the, con- when the economy reopens, writers are going to want the service. Like they need the writers, but they need to be providing the service to get the writers, to get the revenue and blah, blah, blah. So like, yeah, yeah if they shut the train down, then there's going to be demand. And I mean, I think the big worry that everyone has is that if there is no Caltrain, even if Caltrain is like just temporarily suspended, which is probably what could happen, then once these offices reopen, people will get pile on the freeways. Yeah. Um, And what does this mean for Caltrain's move toward electrification and expanding its system? Because like you said earlier, it did have big plans. Another great and insightful question. And I'm glad you asked. (laughs) You're (laughs) so flattering. (laughs) I always feel good when I ask you questions. I know, right? (laughs) Just kidding. Um, No, but it is is a very good question. Because Caltrain, so uh, Caltrain is in the middle of this $2 billion, I think it's mostly federally funded, electrification project that it is going to finish. It is going to finish. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Even though it might shut down. So that's, yeah, so that's like a really weird situation. I mean, so the way it's been, I mean, I think the answer is like nobody knows. Like when I t- asked Dave Pine about this, I was like, well, so you're going to have like this great electric system and then you're going to just stop the trains. Like what, what the hell? And he was like, Oh, well, you know, we're hoping that things will get better and then we'll restart the trains. So, I mean, I kind of like insinuating that, you know, they'll finish electrification by 2022 and then they'll get Caltrain running again, which I don't know how complicated that is. Um, it's a little odd, but bottom line is they are going to finish electrification 
regardless of how much the, you know, current tra- rail line is eviscerated. Huh. It is bizarre. And Yeah. And in another bizarre twist, um, polling actually found that the sales tax would have passed most likely because um, the presidential election will draw like literally everybody out of their homes yeah, in the area, yeah. um, many of whom favor transit. Uh, so just another note there that it probably would have passed and now it can't. Yes. Um, and then you had even more bad news uh, <laughs> when it comes to public transit, um, which is BART being on the brink as well. Uh, you have a story on sfchronicle.com projected to lose $975 million over the next three years. So what are, I imagine they're similar to Caltrain, but what are the factors that are contributing to BART's major loss? Yeah, it's, it's similar. It's, um, you know, the riders, BART is down to like 11% of its normal riders. Um, and BART had basically projected that they would have more riders by now, even in their worst case scenarios, they thought, wow. you know, so yeah, BART has, is like limping along with very few riders. BART also depended a lot on fares for, um, you know, covering its operating costs and, uh, sales taxes are projected to go around, go down. That's a really big, um, lifeline for BART is sales taxes. And BART, in my understanding, um, it just doesn't have a lot of flexibility like Muni has, you know, like mm-hmm. Muni can kind of move things around. I mean, Muni's, Muni, like as we've talked to, has faced cri- a crisis as well, but um, yes. it has an easier time kind of, you know, canceling routes and moving things around and adapting. Um, and BART just has all these fixed costs that yeah. It's just kind of strapped. It's a lot harder to move um, rails around than bus. Yeah. Routes. And it's got like labor contracts that, yeah. Mm-hmm. BART is, yeah. What does BART say is the solution? What is it asking for? Uh, it's asking for about a billion dollars. Um, it's asking, oh, just that. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, yeah. I, well, like all facetiousness aside, like BART is basically asking for government bailouts. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's also, I mean, to be, to be quite frank, like the, the board has not shown a lot of, um, how do I say this? Like flexibility in terms of changing the model, you know, Uh Um, they all want to ramp up. They don't really want to cut costs. They all want to ramp up service pretty quickly um bart does not want to furlough or lay off workers has not expressed any interest in closing stations these are all ideas that have been floated and turned down um so basically they're asking the government for more money and if say the heroes act doesn't pass or bart doesn't get you know as much money as it's hoping for we don't know what's gonna happen like it could be bad yeah and then we talked last week about Muni's forecasts also being so horrible. They're closing 40 lines. Cable cars are out of commission indefinitely. Um, with all of these coming back to back to back, uh, what do you see as the future of public transit in the Bay Area as a whole? Is there anything we can do to save it? Um, you know, I mean, a lot of it, gosh, how do I, <laughs> um, I mean, a lot of it is going to depend on how much the government, honestly, the government cares about transit, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it like it's it's really going to come down to that. I mean, you know, and like as far 
you know, I mean, it sounds like, I guess it sounds kind of awful, but like it does come down to are people willing to tax themselves, you know, mm-hmm. are supervisors willing to tax their constituents, um, you know, because it's it, frankly like transit, like people aren't going to write, people are afraid, you know, they're not going to write it in the immediate future. Um, sales tax, you know, people aren't buying things, you know, we're in an economic recession, sales tax revenues are going to go down. Like there's just not much we can do about that. You know, I can't mm-hmm. tell you Heather to get on a bar train, a totally empty bar train. Yeah. <laughs> just because bar means money. <laughs> yeah. Which, which, you know, so, um, yeah, it's basically going to come down to are people willing to pay more, pass these taxes and pay more, and is the government willing to kick down to save these things? I mean, otherwise, the yeah. future could be just really spotty transit service and a lot of cars. Oh. Well, you're always the bearer of bad news these days, <laughs> but I guess all journalists are. So, <laughs> Great. Thank you for joining me. Thank you so much. Thank you to Rachel Swan for joining me today, to King Kaufman for producing this episode, and to you for listening. 